Uh, comrades and friends, hello. This is the Highlands Bunker Podcast. We're coming to you from the shadow of Rockford Tower, uh, behind enemy lines in the belly of the Delaware Way Beast. And um, I have something exciting for me and you uh, today. Uh, I have some Marbrook parents uh, back to talk about an update and a follow-up. Uh, about two months ago, I, I think, maybe a little bit more, we talked about uh, the Spanish immersion program at Marbrook. Um, some sort of decisions that were made that were not transparent and the parents didn't like. And we're going to get an update to see where that situation is today. So I want to introduce uh, back uh, Amy. Would you like to introduce yourself uh, very quickly coming back? Hello, everyone. Hi, Rob. Uh, this is Amy Reynoso. I am a fifth grade parent at Marbrook Elementary um, and just found out recently we'll be going on to Dickinson in the uh, IB program for middle school next year. Go Rams. Uh, uh, Jenny uh, Howard, would you like to uh, introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah, my name is Jenny Howard. Um, I'm a former Red Clay teacher, and I have three kids at Marbrook, fifth grade, second grade, and kindergarten. And then I also have a soon-to-be three-year-old, so. Well, thank Thanks you for very, having me. Yeah, thank you very much for, for taking the time. It's very much appreciated. Um, Hadrian, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me on, too. Um, my name is Hadrian Sissel. I'm a parent to a second grader in the at Marburg in the Spanish Immersion Program. So, Thank you very much uh, for joining. Uh, Jenny, uh, would you? Jenny C. down the bottom. Uh, would you like to uh, introduce yourself again? Thank you for coming back. Um, I'm Jenny Corman, a parent of two kids at Marbrook Elementary, a kindergartner and a second grader. And thank you for having me back, Robert. I'm, I'm happy to, to update everybody on, on what is going on now. <laughs> well, thank you very much um, for coming back. Um, all of our mutual friend, uh, friend Erica Gutierrez is, uh, is on, but I think she's... Um, Erica, are you uh, are you just listening on this one, or would you like to introduce yourself and say hello? Hi, I'm here in support unless the parents need me for anything, but they got this. Happy to be here supporting them and um, a good change in in our districts, not just in in red clay, but you know, action and support for parents that are stepping up to to change the narrative and the practices in our school, so we can have better educated kids, more support to parents, and a better society. Thanks, Rob. Happy to be here. I'm always happy to host you either uh, on Zoom or uh, in the studio. Um, Erica's come and hung out here before, and everybody knows that uh, we, have a, we, we, have, we have the same uh, manner of thinking. So thank you, Erica, for um, always thinking about uh, how to get these stories out and always thinking about me. Uh, to help get them out. So much appreciated. Um, so does anybody want to sort of catch us up and give sort of maybe a five-minute sort of rundown? Uh, maybe Amy would be good for this because she was in before um, of sort of what happened. There was, you know, there was a, this uh, very popular Spanish immersion program uh, at uh, Marbrook Elementary, and it looked like it was going to be sort of canceled with, with little uh, notice, uh, no real transparency. 
and um, we sort of turn that around. Um, but can you can you sort of give us a little bit of background and sort of just catch us get us up to date on uh, where we are sort of as of you know today? Okay, I'll do my best because there have been so many things that have happened um, since the last podcast, which I think was before the December twentieth board meeting is when we um, when we had our first podcast and that's when we told you what the Spanish immersion program is, why parents were so upset that it was canceled. Um, and then uh, we all kind of got together and started communicating. Parents started communicating because of Jenny Corman. She got, she put out the Google docs and got us all connected. Um, we all went to the board meeting on December 20th. Um, and I think there were maybe 30 parents who spoke up at the board meeting. It was a pretty big turnout, not just parents from Marbrook, but parents from Lewis Elementary as well in support of the Spanish Immersion Program. Um, <clears throat> on December 11th, though, I should mention that Dr. Green did put out a, an email or a, a letter to parents saying that they were premature in their thinking and that they did decide to um, keep the Spanish immersion program, and they're going to explore bilingualism for everyone. That was kind of their, I don't know how to explain it. That was that was his way of saying that we're keeping the program, but we're going to re-examine how this is going, how the model is going to fit in the school. Um, but we were still a little unsure, and we still kind of are unsure what that model is going to look like at Marbrook. So what they did was they formed a work group, um, which is made up of district uh, representatives, admin from Marbrook, teachers from Marbrook, and they requested applications from parents to uh, join this work group. They selected six parents, and the work group has already met once. Hadrian and Jenny Howard are in um, the, the work group, the sustainability work group. Um, the minutes for that are online on the Red Clay website as well. Sorry, so, I'm getting... No, that's perfect. That's a great place to start. So, so there was, a, you know, they reconsidered the, the decision to sort of just discontinue the program. So what is this, the... So the program sort of continues. They're reassessing what they're going to do sort of language-wise. What is the... What's the goal, the stated sort of goal of this working group? To what is it? What is it meant to do, and how long is it meant to do it? I, I don't know whether I uh, see. I see when I hear that uh, Jenny Howard, I got to tell you, I see you shaking your head. I hear that, and I think of like task force. I think of like deflection. So maybe you guys can tell me what what it's what is meant to get out of it. What do you guys think you can get out of it, if anything? Um, this is Amy again. I can tell you that we've read all of the notes online for the Linden Hill work group. And I don't know if you call it a task force or whatever they, they called it. We, we, it was a forum. Um, we watched the videos. We found that on Red Clay's website. So we read the minutes, we watched the forum. Um, and we noticed that there were a lot of themes that were running through Linden Hill's experience that we were also experiencing with Marbrook. So we've all been a little, um, I guess, curious to see where this is going to go with us because of what happened with Linden Hill, where the, they did have a work group 
they went through pretty much the whole process that they went through, we also went through, um, and seeing what happened to them that they ended up dissolving that program. Um, yeah, just to, just to catch up, I mean, if, if I remember correctly, um, and Jenny Corman, you can sort of speak to this a little bit, the Linden Hill immersion program was, was it Mandarin? I think it was Mandarin, Chinese. Mandarin, Mandarin Chinese. Very similar situation where the district decides they're going to discontinue it. Um, the difference that we talked about that was so interesting was the way that you organized around it, sort of rather than sort of direct action at some of these meetings. You really had more of an organization. You did it online with like parents to come out and, and sort of exert some different pressure. So it seemed like that strategy was going to be more successful but then we come to a situation now where we're in a working groups we're in a quote we'll do a quote quote unquote working group which is the same situation that Lyndon Hill was in but that didn't get a good result so um can t somebody I, I I hate to put you on the spot I know you guys are new here but this is what we do we got Hadrian we, we got uh, Jenny Howard somebody's gonna have to give me their their sort of like their their reaction to this working group. How many people are on it? Do you think it can be successful? What do you think? Just personally, being in the group is the is the goal of this, and you think it's is it achievable? So I think Adrian and I can both talk about uh, the work group a little bit. This is Jenny Howard. Um, okay, to start, the work group is comprised of six or seven district people, right? Right, Adrian, seven, um, six teachers, um, and now five, or is there six parents now in the group too? One dropped out, I think. I think there's because they had seven because the there was a person that we didn't know about, so I think there's six now, but mm -hmm. total people in it is like 21 different people, so. And includes a school board member too. So it's not just like district admin. I guess we have a school board member. They're supposed to bring in an expert as well, but she wasn't at the last meeting. <laughs> so um, but the goals they that they state is are to work on sustainability of the program. Um, and that comes down to retention. It comes down to like marketing the program to people outside. Um, it comes down to, like, they're developing an exit survey to, like, figure out why kids are leaving the program. Um, and they're talking about, to bilingualism as a whole in the school, um, which is important because half the school is Hispanic. <laughs> and a quarter are, um, native, like, Spanish speak from Spanish-speaking families. So, and that's a difference between us and Linden Hill as well. So if we're able to get the multilingual learners, the English language learners into the immersion program and it'd be like 50% of English language learners and 50% of Spanish learning kids, then it should be set in a good program. But that's if we can do that. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. The, the, a couple of people have brought this up. S sustainability. Has it has has it been made clear to you all why a program like this is not sustainable? 
why are we looking into like how we're going to hold this together? Are, 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 is, is there a lot of turnover with, with, with students dropping out? Um, does it create, is there a, is there a resource sort of issue? Like what, what's going on where, you know, there, there would be, people would need to look into the sustainability of the program. I think I could speak to that a little bit. So with any immersion program, there's always the attrition factor. So the kids either dropping out of the program or in our case, it's really just leaving the school. Um, there, we have a transient pop- population of kids um, that leave the school for whatever reason, their family moves or they leave the district. And so you always have that. And then the other the other challenge is that it's very difficult to enter the program after first grade because you don't have the skill set needed unless you were perhaps um, a native Spanish speaker, right? So one of our things is we really want, like any kids that come in to Marlborough that speak Spanish at home and they're new, we really are trying to look at how to get them into the program because and this is another thing that we were, we've talked about a lot is the, and I can't speak for the whole Hispanic Latin community, but there's like a lot of misunderstanding about what the program is. It's called Spanish immersion. So they think, or a common misconception is that, well, my kid already knows Spanish, but what actually happens is they know Spanish, but there no one's teaching them to read and write in Spanish. So they lose, start losing their native language if they're not in the immersion program. And then they're also behind in, you know, English language skills, too, because it it, it just is all, um, there's a lot of research about bilingual brain and all that. So really, the immersion program is for everyone. And um, anyway, it, that is sort of the problem with the attrition, though. Like, so kids leaving the school, um and it being harder to get into the program, well, not even harder, almost impossible to get into the program after second grade because you have those uh, skills that are established in kindergarten and first. So like my kids, you know, since kindergarten have been immersed in the language, and so they're fine all the way through. But if I had just moved to this house and I send my kids to Marbrook and I have a second or third grader, they couldn't enter the program then in second or third grade because they've missed all those foundational skills. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I mean, I think you, you laid it out pretty clearly. Uh, You know, I would hope that, you know, kids, if you have a transient sort of uh, district or neighborhood or whatever, I mean, kids are going to sort of cycle through the school, not just the program. So, you know, you, you don't see anybody saying, well, you know, kids had to cycle out of the school because their parents move and, and that type of thing. But we don't we're not changing the math curriculum. You know, we're not changing the, sci- the science and tech curriculum. So that's really that's that's a phenomena that's going to affect sort of everything in the school. Um, so on one hand, you guys mentioned like this idea that um, do we want to just sort of make the curriculum more bilingual, um, which I think is, is fine, but I, I, you know, there's a, there's a balance there and I'm sure you guys know even more than I do, like, do they want to make it bilingual or they just want to sort of phase out this program and then it kind of fizzles out altogether? Like, um, do you guys have an idea of where you would like this to go? Um, I can talk a little bit about that. Um, 
the current model as it is is a two-teacher model where they're the kids are in with one teacher for half the days with English and they switch classrooms switch teachers and then they're in a class with that's only in Spanish um, and it works it's a really effective way to learn a language it's like the best way other than like living overseas basically um so and research has shown that um so this is a model that works but they're currently talking about almost making it just a one teacher model <laughs> where one teacher would speak english and spanish and have it done that way but the problem with that is it's not as effective as well as it's a lot for one teacher to do it's to have that expectation for one teacher yeah, I, I, I don't mean to harp on this, but I'm I'm hoping to find out sort of the this this working group. Um, it seems like it's just now starting to come together. Um, we you know who who is the who is the um, the school district representative on the group. So there's several. We have um, Dr. Nicastro, who is the director of elementary schools. We have Dr. Bond, uh, Senior Director of Teaching and Learning. There is Dr. Or, I'm sorry, um, the MLL Coordinator. I'm, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. There is another coordinator that I cannot remember. Who is it, Adrian? Anna Richter. Anna, yeah. Yeah. She's on the world, so the world language. World language. Mm -hmm. um, and then our assistant principal is on this committee as well. I just want to say, Adrian and I had talked a little bit about this whole, or it's not a committee, it's called a work group, and they keep emphasizing it's a school-level work group. So what Hadrian just spoke about and the model is not something we're to discuss in the work group. So, ah, okay, okay. Uh -huh. I, I, see, I, 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 I see, I see, I see. I bring it up, too, and they're like, yeah, that's not, that's something, that's a, Thing we're discussing like that's a teacher administration thing we're like so why are we here <laughs> kind of like i understand we're brainstorming like sustainability stuff but a lot of it was a problem kind of caused by the district so that's also some of it, the subcommittees they've broken up they want us to sign up for a subcommittee like one of the subcommittees is an exit survey and that's great i think that's a wonderful idea but i don't know that we need to have a whole working group over creating one small survey when we know that like it can only be about three questions before parents aren't going to fill it out so i'm not i want to try and be positive but i'm trying to give you the facts well, you, you, you. Uh, I think you sussed out exactly sort of what I'm getting at, and I had I had no idea you were going to tell me that there was going to be a working group. Well, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's very suspicious. Um, I mean, I'm I'm super excited that there's people involved like you all who are watching out for this kind of stuff and trying to like talk about it. Um, I would recommend you continue to do that. That's just what I think. Um, you know, I I know somebody, or I I, I believe uh, Jose Matthews is still on the Red Clay School Board, so far as I know. I, I, is that 
maybe I'm wrong. Uh, he is bilingual, so far as I know. Um, I don't. He know is, why. and there's another bilingual board member too. Um, Dr. Neesmith is also uh, bilingual. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so I, I, I hope that they're. I'm sure they're speaking out. I, I know, you know, I know Jose, so I'm, I'm sure he has uh, some ideas that are probably very similar to mine. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what feeling are you guys getting? Like, what, what, what do you think? Um, I, I, I don't want to give away any sort of strategy that you might have going into this to try to like persuade people to do, to do this or that. Um, maybe I'll ask it this way. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of votes that are going to be happening about funding, uh, referendums, referenda, however you say it, you can say it however you want. Um, uh, I think it's going to be tied to making sure that a lot of these programs stay in place. Um, is, is that something you guys are thinking about? Um, does that overlap with this? Um, I mean, can anybody sort of speak to that? I know Brandywine, just to sort of date this episode, I think Brandywine just voted yesterday or the day before in the affirmative. So that's super. Um, but what, what effect does that work to get, the referendum passed and to get the proper funding how much does that overlap with what you guys are doing um they've um like dr bond and dr nicastro have connected like getting that passed to keeping the two, two teacher model of 50 50 model of immersion um and i understand that on one level like yeah funding is great but um I don't know if that really does have an effect. I don't know if they already have a set thing in mind of what they're doing, like as far as the structure of the program is going to go. So, but it kind of, it kind of seems that way despite what they're saying. So, yeah, it, it's funny. I, and again, I'm the, the last thing I really want to do is sort of um, taint your, your work or like, uh, you know, put a, put a damper on it. But I, I really feel like, and I feel good about the fact that you guys already seem to know, like, you need to sniff out because they might have an idea already of what they're trying to do. And if it's not what you want to do, sniff that out as quickly as, as quickly as you possibly can. It sounds like you're already doing that, which is extremely good um, because uh, what you'll find, I think, and I wonder if. Well, actually, I want to give Erica the next comment because she has some some context to give. But I hope we come back to the fact that I love what I love the way that you're approaching this work because you're sort of already kind of strategically trying to feel people out and see where they're at. Because I I think that's exactly the way um, to make sure that your kids, but also the students of the neighborhood, um, get exactly what they should get. So. Uh, we'll get back to that, though. So, Erica, do you uh, have some uh, context you'd like to add, please? Yes, thanks. Thanks, Rob. Well, with the permission of all the parents right here, I just would like to to um, communicate that um, this group of parents and everybody involved in no way is against the referendum. I think everybody knows that the importance of the referendum what it brings to the community, what it brings to the resources for for the students in the classroom, for the teachers, for the infrastructure, for everything. But I am just going to make reference. Whoever hasn't listened to the 
um, to the past red clay meeting um, to listen to the part where um, the board member Keshe Smith pointed out about the importance of following up uh, a logical and structured um, strategic plan. So um, having the money that the, the district needs is important, but it's also important to make sure that it's allocated and spent in the resources uh, correctly explained, um, correctly structured. So um, the community knows that that money that is going to be coming is, is also being uh, allocated properly and it's being following protocols and whatever it says in the strategic plan is being implemented and people can see where the money is going and not in a broader uh, piece of um, paper and recommendations that has been like that for years. So we need like really the community, <laughs> the taxpayer, everybody, parents need more transparency in what is going to be done. Like, I'm not sure if uh, anybody has shared about this, but uh, for example, there has been a strong and hard commitment uh, by word of mouth on, on the preservation of this program. Everybody says that, and, and actually parents have been portrayed like stubborn and uh, crazy because they keep asking. We keep asking about it and, and we are being told, yes, yes, we told you, we told you, but it's not on paper. So how everything is managed, how laws are made, how um, uh, guidelines are supposed to be followed and promises if they are not on paper. And it's just as simple as including this kind of program in the strategic plan so parents can finally be at peace. But, you know, while this process has been happening, uh, parents have been finding a lot more of information that shows lack of transparency in many issues, not just on this one. And it's alarming and um, it's really disheartening because what we want is to find all the greatest things. But it's good that this happens so we have accountability and also more people involved to step in. Uh, please, anybody listening, stop making assumptions of the parents. Come and talk to them. Look at the research that they have. Come on the um, uh, board meetings and listen, because it doesn't matter where any of us is, is, is from or, or our points of view. What matters is the facts. What is happening out there? How is the allocation of fundings, uh, the funding be doing? And also, what is being done with the units? Are they serving to the students? Are they serving to the purpose of, of the majority of students that need help? What is happening? So. I know it's a little combo, but I just wanted to express that so the parents over here feel comfortable about sharing what needs to be shared because they have been through a lot, a lot. Like everybody listening to here, these parents are amazing. They are not just stubborn in favor of justice, but they are beautiful, kind, and human. And that is something that we don't see often. They care about what's happening and they are supporting other efforts that need to be uh, supported because we all realize that we cannot just do everything alone. And when injustices are taking places that are affecting a majority of minorities, we need to do something about it. So I just wanted to say that, please, parents, feel free to, to open up because this is a space for that. This is your community who needs to listen. What have you been finding and what they need to be doing to support you in this? Thank you, Rob. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Erica. I, you know, I, obviously, I'm always 
um, happy that you come on to be able to like lay stuff out in a very sort of clear way just to give people the opportunity to speak their mind, whatever they want to say. I mean, that's that's the thing I, I guess I'm trying to get to. And maybe you guys either don't really have a good handle on it because it's not transparent. That's that's possible. Or, you know, you're just sort of in a strategic way, don't want to sort of jump to conclusions. But, I mean, it, 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 is, is, the, is the point that we're looking for a way to, like, prove that this is good or pay for it in some fashion? And I guess to Erica's point, and maybe I, I don't want to misconstrue anything... But I mean, are, do do P, are, is there a sentiment that you know we shouldn't be allocating resources to this because it's a it's a it's a bilingual sort of program? Is that part of it? Like, what what is the? I guess the best way to put it is like, what is the other side of the story? Like, what are you guys going against so that you? Why is why why do you have to spend so much time <laughs> convincing people that this is a good program and something we ought to be doing. Okay, I'll go. Um, so I feel like you're asking very valid questions. And these are all questions that we also want to know the answers to, to be transparent. Um, because there is research, there are successful programs in ne neighboring districts. Um, we have the perfect population for this type of program. So really, we would love to know all those answers as well. And I think the reason why we're kind of like, mm, I don't know, do I say this, do I not, is because there has really been a lack of transparency and a lot of, um, I'm just going to say it, they, the district has violated their own policies over and over and over again. And so I got on the policy committee, um, another mom got on the policy committee too. So we'll be going to that next week because if you attend these committee meetings, you can't speak except for the public comment in the beginning of the meeting if you're not a committee member, right? So I got on the committee so that way we can, I can, hopefully have some input on these policies that one, aren't very, aren't followed. And two, some of them are just policies from years and years ago that the wording isn't clear enough. So what it does is it creates loopholes and you know, loopholes aren't always a good thing, especially in education. Um, and then the other thing is we, there were several FOIA requests out there, so Freedom of Information Act, and um, they are not fulfilled still. So they've got 15 business days to get the information back to us, and a lot of the, the FOIAs just don't come back at all, or they come back incomplete, or the a few that I've gotten back are like a hundred pages long. So you have to like kind of dig through, which I'm fine with that. I'd rather have more than less. Um, so maybe we're Hadrian's kind of been going back and forth this. I don't know if you want to talk about it or not. I'm just saying it because you know what? It is what it is like these. 
we, we want transparency. Let me just say this, and I, I'm not asking anybody to sort of, I, I don't want anybody to talk about anything that they're not comfortable talking about. Um, but I can tell you, as Erica said, um, <clears throat> this is something that I sort of harp on, not just in the, the sphere of education, but everywhere. You know, <clears throat> you guys have been tasked with kind of like, I don't actually I'm not totally positive what you guys have been tasked with, but you're sort of <clears throat> you're sort of meant to defend this program. And prove why it's a worthwhile, productive thing for your community, <clears throat> which it sounds like you can do pretty easily. But it's not clear why, like what the argument is. Why do you not want to do this? What is the issue? What do we need? What it, what what obstacle do we need to overcome? Why did this you want to cancel it? Am, am I wrong? Is this? Do I have this no, right? No, it is a hundred percent accurate, and it's been keeping us up at night. Sorry to talk over. I'm no, just saying. Go, that go ahead, Adrian. They just come up with different things that are reasons, and then we try to eliminate those, and they come up with other reasons. So it's like, what is the actual reason? Like we don't know. We don't know the reason. So we don't know the, even the answers we're looking for. So I think maybe, I don't know what their reason for wanting to cancel the program is, but um, I can tell you the facts that we do know. Last year, children were denied access into the program. And um, we don't know the reason for that. They were put on a wait list. And... Um, I don't know. I don't know what else. I don't. I. I don't know. I really, truly don't. We don't know. What was the reason? Was it to gradually phase out the program and hope people wouldn't notice? I, it's. I'm at a loss. I don't they, know. They had like this last, not this kindergarten, but the kindergarten before that. They only had one kindergarten class, but they had like 102 applications into Marbrook, and they only sent out. 30 invitations and with this immersion program you're supposed to start out with two classes of 25 so at minimum they should have sent out 50 invitations and they didn't so they're talking about attrition and numbers being an issue but even that that was a district caused issue <laughs> um so i don't really know even if we figure out like sustainability and work in this work group and figure out like attrition and figure out um, retention of students and recruiting students, it doesn't matter if they're, on, they're limiting the number of students who can come into the program and there's not enough transparency to ensure that they're not gonna do that again because they don't publish the choice data. And the only reason we have it is because they gave us FOIA request data and well FOIA so, is your friend. I can tell you FOIA is your friend. We're going to be talking more and more well, about this. Well, uh, you'd be surprised because I have a, an important FOIA request. Yeah. Uh, and if that was submitted January 3rd, and I still have got, I only have incomplete data from that. So <laughs> it's kind of frustrating because it's almost like they're hiding something. So, and I'm not really sure what.
Yeah, I mean, the other thing about FOIA, and I don't want to speak too much, but you know, we got we have things cooking over here in different uh, different areas. Um, but it's sort of like a paper trail. It give it gives you a way to say, "Hey, we we should really have this," and it's weird that we don't. And it gives you like people to appeal to, and then people to sue when they're not telling you like information you should have. Um, and again, I think the reason I love everybody who's on this call right now is because they, they make it, let's be honest, they make it a huge pain in the ass to have to do all of this stuff, to have to speak up for yourself and for your kids and for your neighbors and stuff. And to get the information you need just to be like, why are you doing like, I would be very happy to like, uh, you know, prove, the sustainability of this program if you would tell me what the problem is, but you're not really telling me. Um, and so uh, there, there's there, there, you're applying more pressure than you think. Um, you know, speaking publicly, putting FOIAs in, going through the public process. The only thing I can tell you is that, you know, continue to do it because it sounds like, you know, they're going to put you through your paces and see if you get tired. Really? That's, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you guys get that feeling? Is that the feeling you guys are getting is like they're going to try to wear you out? And then a year from now when your kids get a little older or you might move because of a job or something, they're like, ah, okay, we got them. We just, we slowly slow played it. That's, is that sort of the sense you're getting? Yep. That's it. Nail yes. on the head. Yep. Okay. See, I get, I get, I get accused of being very cynical and like jumping to conclusions and not giving people the, the the opportunity to explain themselves. But I feel like I have this one right fucking nailed. So, okay. Well, <laughs> I can say that um, currently we are Marbrook parents. Um, I have a fifth grader, another parent in our advocates group, like the our little network, our smaller network, we have a big network and then we have our small network. You know, the, some of us are here on the call right now. One parent who's not on the call, she also has a fifth grader, like Jenny Howard, the three of us, our kids are in the same class. So Irene and I are leaving Marbrook, you know, our kids are graduating fifth grade. We're going on to middle school. So right now we're Marbrook parents, but I just want to be clear. We are red clay parents. We are advocates for all schools in Red Clay. It sounds like we're just interested in whatever is going on at our particular school and our immersion program. Yes, that is true because that's how this whole thing started. We got interested in this immersion advocacy um, place because of things that went on at our particular school. But as we started digging and looking for answers and asking questions, we realized that this is not just about Marbrook. These are things that are happening maybe in other schools, but just in the, in the district as a whole. I also don't think they're, they're used to having parents present at any of these committee meetings and, and maybe parents are a little more on the quiet side so we we do acknowledge that 
we're making them a little uncomfortable just because they're not used to having parents there all the time. But I hope that they get used to seeing us because we're not leaving the school district, even though we'll be leaving Marbrook. And we do want to continue having a seat at the table, asking questions and getting answers. There's really no reason why parents shouldn't be welcome to ask these questions and get answers and be be appreciated for being involved because this is the part of their strategic plan goal is community engagement and parental involvement. So when parents do try to do that, be appreciative, welcome us. Don't don't treat us like we're bad guys. I realize that right now when there's growth, there is an uncomfortable moment and this is what's going on right now and we are causing some discomfort and, and we're sorry for that, but it's it's gonna keep happening until they get used to seeing us because we're gonna keep coming and and we're not we're not um we're not interested in stopping because we're having such a great time um learning this whole process. I can just tell you since the uh December 5th meeting, we have been to almost every committee meeting, every board meeting, we've created our own Zoom calls, we're in a group text message that we are on this group text with each other all day. Sometimes in the middle of the night, we'll be texting each other. Um, we're constantly emailing and copying each other on emails. And these things are not all related to immersion. I just want everyone to understand this is not just about the Spanish immersion program. That's where it started. That is not where we are right now. And that's not where we're going to stay. But we'll keep pushing for immersion because it needs to be in the strategic plan. There's no reason why it cannot be in the current strategic plan action goals. It was in the last one. It needs to stay in this one because the referendum supports what's in the strategic plan. It needs to be put in there for Marbrook and Lewis Elementary Spanish immersion with an expansion to middle school and continue, continuing on to high school. There's no reason why they can't do it when it's going on in other school districts nearby. It happened, it's already established in red clay. It needs to be sustained and it needs to be taken care of in the right way. And that's just one part of all of this. Um, the ARC program is another thing that happened recently that we discovered. It was it stopped at Marlborough. I wanted to have the puberty talk with my own son, so I reached out to ARC, uh, which is the Adolescent Resource Center, and I found out that the classes that traditionally have been held at all of the elementary schools would not be at Marlborough this past year. It was canceled in September with no communication to any of the parents. So I reached out to the school district and I was told that the schools are going to be handling it on their own with their nurse. I, had, I already knew that that was not true because I spoke with the Adolescent Resource Center and I found out it's still happening at elementary schools. It just was not going to be happening at Marbrook, Ritchie and Richardson Park. So I had to ask about it at the board meeting and the director of ARC came to the board meeting, Ms. Felinda, and she uh, had pamphlets and I gave the pamphlet to Dr. Amen and I said, can you please, I'd like to submit this for payment unless you plan on coming to teach the class. He laughed and he said he wasn't gonna come teach the class and he's he's really a sweet man, he's very nice. So he did take care of that for us or somebody, someone took care of it and that class is now scheduled for April. So, but the fact that other schools had it and Marbrook and Ritchie and Richardson Park did not have it, 
that's what I'm saying. This isn't just about immersion. This is about Marbrook and Arc and Richardson Park and Arc and Ritchie and Arc. It's about consistency and the fact that I knew why the class was canceled and I was told that the nurse was going to be teaching it, which I know was not true. And I hope Ritchie and Richardson Park have that class scheduled because if they don't, I'm, I'm going to make sure that someone is following up. And Faults and Linden Hill too. And Linden um, Hill as well. Faults and Linden Hill too. So, so sorry yeah, to, that's sorry to that everyone that we're bad guys and, and we're asking the questions that um, are uncomfortable. And I and I don't want the district to think that we're coming to be troublemakers. We're not. We really, truly see a gap that needs to be filled. And we we want to do it. We want to help them figure out how to connect parents more with the district because there's a huge space where we don't we don't know what the resources are. We don't know everything about it and it shouldn't be that hard to figure it out it should really be on the website but the website's another issue that's like information all over the place um and but we're not trying to be bad guys we're not trying to make anyone's life difficult we really just want to make our school district better and we want to connect the community and connect parents and support our teachers and support our schools and um, and speak up for the Hispanic community. That's a whole other part of this thing that they're completely neglected and things we have to get translated and we try to um, speak up for them as well, the ones that don't understand what's going on. And Jenny Corman can probably talk a little bit about that, about our Hispanic families and the outreach that we've all been trying to do with, with our non-English speaking families of the district. Well, I, I want to say a few things, and then I, I want to let everybody sort of talk to, to close it out. But the, the first thing I want to say, and this is just from me personally, I, I, I don't, you know, this is my own personal feeling. I don't think anybody, any of us, whatever we're doing, should ever apologize for doing it. I, I think you guys have articulated, a, a, you know, a reason why you're passionate about this. It has nothing to do with, like, you just want your children and your community to have what they should have in, in, in education. And I don't think anybody, if you feel defensive or, frankly, if you feel like, oh, you know, I'm not supposed to do this or I'm, you know, I, that that's that's part of the system telling you that they don't want a lot of, like, pushback. Don't apologize for any of that. Anyone. If anybody makes you apologize, we'll come back on this show. We'll do this once a week. I don't care. Because you guys are doing the right thing, and I don't think you should have to feel bad about it. I don't think you should have to feel that you have to apologize for it or that you should feel uncomfortable or awkward for, for challenging people that have you know an honorific like doctor in front of their name. I don't think you should feel any of that. That's the first thing. The second thing is, and I think this is sort of how um, Erica and I sort of feel our our, our energy sources. Um, you might not feel appreciated all the time, but I can tell you that I and people like me appreciate exactly what you're doing um, because you're you're coming to a um, an issue in your community that affects your children and your neighbors' children and the people in your neighborhood. And that's probably the most important thing you could possibly do. 
So um, as far as appreciation, some people might feel awkward or not understand what you're doing, and I get that, and that's fine, but it's incredibly appreciated. The third thing is, and maybe Erica knows this, who is the rep and senator over there? Is this a Kim Williams joint? Like, who? Like, can you just, just, I'll tell you what, uh, people are already feeling their face. I can see. I can see people are mad. I just want to say this. This is not the uh, opinion of anybody on this call but myself. If Kim Williams is like the representative of the Marbrook uh, and she's not sort of producing the kind of results for their for her constituents as she should, let's just say. Let's say she's on let's say she's on a education committee, even. That's possible. She should be on this stuff. And she might be one of the people who feel like you have to apologize to. I don't think you need to apologize to her. You might feel like she doesn't appreciate what you're doing. That's not really your fault, is it? So I just want to say that, you know, sometimes our representatives, they don't like to feel sad. They don't like to feel like, you know, people don't like them. And I get that, but that's just... Ah, it's kind of par for the course. So don't ever feel like uh, you're intimidated uh, by anyone. And I'm not going to name any more names because I can tell everybody's getting very uncomfortable. I can see what's happening. So that's enough. That's enough of that. Would anybody like to... I I would like maybe somebody who is on this sort of uh, task force or working group, maybe Hadrian uh, or Jenny Howard, to sort of maybe have the last word and sort of talk about what's next. Because um, the one thing I liked when when we first talked about this, just the sort of Spanish immersion issue in December, there was a a meeting coming up that kind of went... It it went well in the sense that the issue was was out there and it was publicized, and we at least got to the to the point where more sort of resources were coming to bear. So I would love for like Hadrian or Jenny to sort of talk about um, what's next, what people can do. Is there meetings? Is are there websites? Are there people that should be called? Um, what 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 are you guys working on now, and what should people get into um, to help you guys out? Um, well, the subcommittees are meeting basically monthly until May. So there, there's one coming up, not next week, but the week after. Um, and again, it's the subcommittees within that within the work group are working on like sustainability. Um, but we've also submitted a proposal to have um, an emerging committee to the school board so that we can work on immersion within the district as a whole. And it be a more a committee that continues beyond the work group and that has more input from more parents. So that's I mean, that's that would be great. And like they haven't, I guess, accepted it. But Amy was really instrumental in putting that together. Um, But again, like the like everything with the immersion program that kind of kicked everything off. But we've realized like. There are other issues that need to be addressed, um, transparency, accountability, um, getting the community more involved and parents more involved. Um, 
And those are those are huge issues within the district. And I think if those are worked on, it it would like the district, the whole school district would be better. The teachers would benefit and the kids would benefit. Um, so and, and again, like we're not trying to be like bad people or just criticize. We're just trying to make things better <laughs> for our kids and kids after our kids. Like the immersion program isn't just for our kids. It's for kids in the future to be able to be biliterate and bilingual. I just want to follow up with that. Um, so that what Hadrian was speaking to is the immersion work group and, you know, what's going on at Marlborough, but for like the community as a whole, parents can come, can go attend the, um, there are four board advisory committees. So the financial review committee and the policy review committee meet every month. Um, and then there is also the handbook committee and the facilities committee that meet every other month. And there are allowed to be parent representatives or community representatives on these committees, but you can't just show up and assume you're on the committee. You have to go through the proper channels, which the policy states one thing and then what actually happens is another thing. So I would recommend emailing the committee chair um, to get if you want to, you know, get on a committee. And we're just normal parents too. Like I didn't know anything about policy. I didn't know, I don't know how the financials work, but you can go to the meetings and listen. And this is the other thing we really want parents to continue to push for is that these meetings, some of them are at 4.30 in the afternoon. People are working still, okay? And um, the only meeting that is consistently Zoomed is the financial review committee so those other three committees that i mentioned that are district level committees that are supposed to have parent and community representatives the only way you have access to them is if you can show up in person that one time a month so we really want to continue to push for making it more accessible for parents to be able to know what's going on at a higher level like it's great to be in your pto and it's great to of course be involved at the school level but like a lot of the decision making happens actually most of it happens at the district level so to have our voices heard and to get more people involved we really want these meetings to be zoomed or record it for future playback or whatever and then the other thing Amy um, spoke to the, and I spoke to the Red Clay Parent Advisory Council um, uh, Committee Chair. I, I, but that one's not a board committee, so I'm I don't mean to be confusing. And the council is also confusing because it's only for people that are sent by their school but they can bring a friend. So I'm, I'm, we're trying to get more information around that um, piece of how parents could get involved. Um, but like, if they, they just come to the board meeting even. Um, and I have some ideas about like, you know, some of this parental involvement funds, they could have uh, childcare at the board meetings or childcare at these committee meetings because they're really hard to get to with the kids. Like I've got four kids and I have to find a babysitter every time I wanna go to one of these meetings that aren't on Zoom. And that is really difficult and challenging for people. I think it's a huge barrier. And it's also just not advertised like it, at all, really. I mean, and I think they're just kind of used to being, um, 
you know, well, parents don't come or maybe they don't want us there or maybe they do. It's very hard to tell <laughs> at this point. I'll say this to close. I, I, I feel everything that you're saying and, and just for everyone. I can tell you this from trying to uh, from trying to sort of interject yourself into what you think is a democratic process or a public process or a, a civic community process. You're made to feel awkward. You're made to feel intimidated. The, the meetings are at a weird time and you have to be a member of this to do that. And all of that stuff. And they know stuff you don't know. And they're telling you they don't know. You don't know what they know. And you ask them what they know and they won't tell you. That's all. And, and pardon me. That's all bullshit. I love what you guys are doing. Don't stop doing it. Because all of that's, uh, all of that's phony. Like, yes, you have to go through those steps. But that's meant... That's sort of meant to, like, weed out the people who are just going to, like, annoy me as I go about my bureaucratic day. These are, these are not, not only are they democratic processes, they're processes that are, you know, ingrained in the community. They're the schools that people go to. They're the, they're the, 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 the public uh, institutions in the neighborhoods. You know, people are getting on buses Kids are getting on buses and going to them. So do not do not ever feel intimidated to ask what the hell's going on there. You know, nobody knows. There, I, I can't tell you this uh, any clearer. And I, I know this for a fact. And it took me a long time to figure this out. Nobody has any secret knowledge. Nobody knows something you don't know. That's all. Again, I... I'm so sorry for saying this. That's all bullshit. So I'm I'm so happy that you guys are and and as Amy said, like not only talking about this program that affects your children, but the programs at your school and the programs in the district as your as your kids move up as different students and as your neighbors have kids and have students as well. So. Yeah, I, I'm 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 really uh, humbled and happy that everybody took the time to sort of update me, and um, I know that Erica will not let me um, forget to get another update as needed, because that's the other thing they tried to um, they 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 try to they they try to wear you down, so that you know you work two years on this thing and you can't get other information. That's all. They're doing that on purpose, and I, I and I and I will not. Uh, I'll always be here to uh, sort of be a platform for you guys to talk and 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 get the word out, because I'm, as I said before, I I just really appreciate when when people are are so sort of rooted and involved in the in their community and for their families um, and for their neighbors. So thanks everybody, um, Amy and Jenny and Jenny and Hadrian and Erica. Um, thank you all for, for taking the time tonight. Thanks. Thank you, Rob. And thanks for saying that because it has been a hard journey for us, I think. Like, we weren't friends before. We didn't know each other. And then we start showing up at these things and, like, we can feel it. Like, we're getting looks. 
they're visibly upset. Like it's just, it's been a roller coaster for sure. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's part of it, you know. Um, I can tell you, Erica will probably uh, vouch for me. People give people get upset. They try to try to tell you, you're not supposed to be doing this. I feel bad. I got this. I'm on this thing, and I don't want to hear this stuff. That's that's too bad. Um, there there are people out there that really appreciate that kind of work, and I think it's to, to be perfectly frank, it's inspirational. Um, because that's the way it's supposed to work. You know, people are supposed to get into their community and tell the people that are running their systems how they want to run it. That's just, it's just as easy as that. So, um, thanks everyone. I, I really appreciate, um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, Erica, would you like a, a final word? Cause you have, you and I, you know, you get a final word. Yes, of course. <laughs> and finally, you know, first of all, to all these parents present and the one that uh, we're not able to, to be here, uh, thank you for the extreme hardship that you have been going to make this happen. Um, all the questions, all the meetings, all the 200, 300, 400, 500 messages a day, um, the emails, the the fires, the, the fear, the, the frustration, the tears, the kids screaming, around when you know there are meetings all that is worth it and they appreciate it and and your kids now have to go to the legislation and and say what they need to and what is right and wrong um and you're finding your your value as community members and as civic um responsible people from your community and that is you know you're very loved i love you and respect you and be here for you and as and as rob says him himself and so many other people also that appreciate what it's happening right now with you. And and I just want to make a call out to our community. You know, wake up. Wake up to not just these issues, but the other issues that require our involvement. Not everybody can get involved in everything. We, we can't do that, right? But pick something. Pick something that you can get involved and and do something important meaningful it can be little it can be big but do something to support projects and initiatives for parents uh for students for organizations for podcasts like this uh for the people that is saying what nobody wants to say everybody wants to be friends legislators uh community uh, uh, leaders that you know comfort this is good for everybody and then when you said things you might not say them right you might never said everything as, as usual or use the words that you need to use. But the important thing is that you're speaking up. The important thing is that you're bringing up issues that need to be brought up and that affect everybody, regardless of how you bring them up. So community members and anybody listening and your parents always keep speaking up for goodness, for the greater good, for, for building a society that means something different of what we have right now because there is so much... Um, selfishness and self-direct interest and money is always the winner but the winner for what for whom because we are getting down as as a society and putting money first always is not the right thing to do so all those that are in public church including board members you don't want to be there don't don't make yourself martyrs get out of there and let people that are concerned about what needs to be done to step in 
because if you don't want to hear parents, if you don't want to hear concerns and, and, and make the right moves, then you probably shouldn't be there. Go with your friends and have a business and make money and let other people lead the way of education for kids because it's their lives, it's our communities' lives and opportunities to, to build doctors and lawyers and people with ethics. And we need the right community members, leaders, and educators in place. So I just needed to leave that on my chest. You can criticize me, you can say whatever you want, but somebody has to say it. Step up or step down, but for the right reasons. Thank you. Thank you, Erica. Um, folks, thank you for joining us. We have a couple uh, announcements at the end of the show. It looks like we're going to be interviewing very soon, probably next week, uh, gubernatorial candidate Matt Meyer, our friend Matt. That should be fun. Um, we are also going to be doing an On Cinema episode about organizing. There's an Italian film that our friend turned us on to that uh, is an Italian new wave cinema, but it's out about uh, labor organizing, which should be interesting. We're doing uh, organizing here, actually. Um, there's going to be some other stuff that's going to make people mad. We're going to do a fun show about uh, a board game about January 6th. That's going to make people mad. Uh, but then we're also going to do uh, sort of a, a fun show about about education, but from an academic level. John Shelton, my friend from Wisconsin, might be coming on. So there's going to be full full boat, full docket coming up the next month. Don't worry about that. Um, again, I want, I want to thank Erica for always keeping me sort of in tune for everybody. Amy, Jenny, and Jenny, Hadrian, thanks everybody for, for turning up. And um, we're going to keep following this story because I'm... I'm just so happy that people are are standing up and saying that uh, we need a voice here. Um, you know, we, we need to make sure that people are getting what they need in the community and the kids are getting what they need. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone. I really appreciate everybody taking the time to talk to me. And, uh, yeah, you know, what we say um, left is best. Thanks. <laughs>